What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Mayer. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, man, what a week it has been since the last time I talked to you guys. So much has happened. Um, for crying out loud, man. Like it's, I mean... Just re- uh, coming off a-, a great AEW show that I'll get to later on. But let's get to the big story of the week. It actually happened. Big freaking E is the WWE champion. Big E is the WWE champion. It's a long time coming. Um, the way it transpired, I thought it, it was ultimately going to be a swerve and we weren't going to get a cash in for those who were, have been living under a rock for basically the last week or so biggie on monday morning tweeted out that he was that he was going to in fact cash in his money in the bank briefcase he was all, all over raw and my initial thought when this happened i was like wwe is totally going to try and screw us over here because this is a ratings play knowing that they got beaten in the 1849 demo by dynamite which is a big deal and they were going up against monday night football the season debut between the ravens and the raiders um so biggie's littered around the show we have this great wwe championship match that was set to take place between randy orton and bobby lashley the match was great the guy it's amazing that those two haven't fought in in 14 years since 2007 Randy Orton mentioned it a couple of times and so Bobby Lashley wins clean beats everyone up after the bell including putting Randy Orton through a table sells a knee injury out comes Big E uh with uh (laughs) I mean it, it was kind of fitting the first words to Wale's uh uh new Big E entrance music that's been going on since last year Y'all want to go big, just say that. And Biggie goes big. They take a commercial, which I, I don't think has ever happened in the history of the Money in the Bank contract. They come back, it tees it's not gonna happen. They have a decent little two-minute match, a good, a good sell of the near fall with Bobby Lashley hitting the spear on uh on biggie but biggie kicks out at two i love the fact that Corey graves sold the fact that bobby lashley's knee injury some people weren't a fan of lashley selling the knee i actually think that kind of played into the way they laid this out and then biggie gets out of uh the dominator that lashley was setting up and hits and he hits him with the big ending one two three i haven't popped that hard in a while um in terms of WWE programming, like obviously AEW has been generating that type of stuff, like with, between CM Punk coming in, Daniel Bryan, aka now Brian, now Brian Danielson, Adam Cole coming in. Um, but that was a special, special moment. Big E winning the WWE championship needed to happen, and I'm glad it happened because to me, first of all, outside of Roman Reigns, I mean, yeah, the SmackDown show was great, with but 
outside of really Roman Reigns and like Edge had a good thing going with Seth Rollins, but outside of that, WWE has no juice anywhere, anywhere. So you needed to inject some life. And this is not a knock on Bobby Lashley. This is not a knock on Randy Orton. That was a great title match. But they needed to do something exciting to reignite their audience because something has clearly been missing um, in the last two months since WWE went back on the road. Even Becky Lynch's return felt flat. But literally anything with Roman Reigns has been gold. Everything else, aside from a couple of things, has been meh. So they needed to do this. And I'm really glad that they didn't. It couldn't have happened to a better person. Everybody you talk to says Biggie is one of the best people in the world. Like people from AEW were congratulating him. Powerhouse Hobbs, the people from the Dark Order. Like it was so amazing to see the reaction from the fans because the fan reaction in Boston was insane. The New Day, we all know the bond between those three and them being back together creates a a fascinating element on raw that I'm going to talk about in a second that I think also needs to happen to further elevate raw back to where it should be. Um, but raw just and and WWE for that matter had no juice and they needed to do something exciting and something to re-energize the product. And I think this, that hit this hit on all notes. Yeah. You could say that the intrigue of the money in the bank brief briefcase and the, and the mystery surrounding it, was kind of lost with Biggie telegraphing it, but I actually think it kind of enhanced it. It was like a Babe Ruth moment for Biggie. It really was because he called this shot. He said what he was going to do, and he followed through, and he dethroned a great champion in Bobby Lashley. So congratulations to Biggie, and congratulations on WWE because for the first time in God knows how long, I forgot how crappy sometimes. WWE television can be and for five to 10 maybe 15 minutes I realized this is why I love pro wrestling and this is why I did love WWE and hopefully that this turns the tide and gets it back into the right direction and maybe AEW is kind of sending a message WWE step up your game and let me be clear before I move on here I want WWE to do well Like, yeah, we can all say, yeah, people don't like Vince McMahon. It's good for pro wrestling when WWE is good. And so hopefully this AEW surge finally sends a message to WWE and gets them to realize that they could pull off great moments like what happened on Monday night with Big E. Because it should have happened with Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, and they totally screwed that up. Brock Lesnar was fun, but it's like, okay... We've seen Brock versus Roman a million times, but the way they've built it since then has even been more intriguing than the appearance at SummerSlam. So, um, but I want WWE to do well. I really do. I think it's it's just good for the wrestling business when you have great competition because it leads to better results on television. And I think that we saw perfectly uh, that be shown on screen with Big E cashing in his money in the bank briefcase and becoming the new WWE champion. Like, it was a panic move by WWE, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think some of WWE's best stuff happens when their backs are against the wall. They had a, they had a misfire at SummerSlam. But I want them to do well. A lot of my friends are disillusioned with the product, and I hope this re-energizes 
like some of the fans that have been kind of turned off by the product. And I think a lot of it was due to COVID because now we're trying to, they're trying to reintegrate back into the fans and do everything. And also they have to respond to a huge competitor in AEW, who's the most legit competitor that they've faced since WCW 20 years ago. Like this is real. So I hope that SmackDown at Madison Square Garden and then what happened on Raw, because the rest of Raw was okay. It wasn't great, but the Big E moment definitely enhanced it. It's maybe the best thing I've seen all year from WWE. And that's saying a lot because, I mean, it's it's you can't sing single out one like Roman Reigns moment this year, but Roman Reigns has been just killing it for basically a full year now. But in terms of singular moments, Big E cashing in might be the best moment of the year, and it may stay the best moment of the year. All right, uh, in terms of how we move forward from this and how Raw, with all this energy and life back into the show, what can they do to really, you know, make this even more interesting? And how can WWE as a product going forward in the long term make things very interesting? So Big E is now back on Raw. He is a full-time Raw performer. He's moving over from SmackDown to Raw. The reports were that this was going to happen at the draft in a month, but they pushed it up. Like I said, it was it was WWE. They kind of panicked, and they had to do something crazy, and I'm glad they did. But here's what you do going forward. Ian Lashley have got a feud because um, a traditional match between those two will be awesome. Um, he should have a, a healthy and long title reign. He shouldn't lose the title. I just, I, I don't like hot potatoing the belt. And I actually have kind of liked these long title reigns that they've really built in WWE in recent years, even during COVID McIntyre had a really nice title reign. Um, a, cu- a couple nice title reigns. So that were pretty lengthy. So, so I, I would have Ian Lashley feud, obviously here's where it gets interesting. You've got the new day back together. It's MVP and Lashley, and there's been rumors trickling all over the internet. I think MVP put something up. Uh, he was talking business. And he was sitting next to Shelton Benjamin on a plane. Why not get the Hurt Business back together? It was the best thing last year on Raw because Raw was a terrible show. We've talked about this for so long. Hurt Business and New Day on Raw? Are you kidding me? I would take that in a heartbeat. That would be something because a lot of people were were bummed out when the Hurt Business broke up right before WrestleMania this year for reasons that I still don't understand, but I think that that would be a good move. Um, And like I said, Lashley doesn't even need to really win the title, to be honest with you. And then if you want to go further down the line, I don't see Roman Reigns losing the championship to uh, Finn Balor who will be the demon. I'll kind of touch on that in SmackDown since I know that's almost been, it's almost been a week since that, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but Roman's not going to lose the title there. I don't think he, he's going to lose in Saudi Arabia to Brock Lesnar. It doesn't need to happen. Like I, I, and I think Roman just needs to slay that beast. No pun. I'm using quotation marks, but he, he, he needs to like, this care this version of Roman, I think, needs to beat everybody to just solidify how great he is. And I would, frankly, not have him lose the title maybe the rest of the year, to be honest with you. So I think Roman gets past that. I think E should get they should get to Survivor Series. E and Roman, or hell, you could do a, a six man tag 
if you if you want to go down that road with the bloodline taking on the new day and that would totally rule because hey Usos a new day Roman and E that would be amazing so if you want to kickstart some life into the WWE product beyond Roman Reigns that's what you have to do in my opinion because as I've been saying for basically the last five to ten minutes there was no life no juice really in anything outside of Roman Reigns there was a couple of good things here and there a couple decent fairly decent things that have hit on television but they needed some juice and some new life and some new energy and what what happened with Biggie I think creates a, a tremendous opportunity to do a lot of different things just don't screw it up WWE because as I said I want you to do well all right let's get to AEW Dynamite here because this was a great show and it rarely is not a bad show uh, for AEW Dynamite. Uh, from New York, I think this is one of their top five biggest crowds. I think they had 13,000 people. It was a loud crowd. New Jersey, the New York Metroplex is a rabid wrestling fan base, so I was not shocked at all to see a really hot crowd in Newark on Wednesday night. Um, started off, I mean, hell, CM Punk's doing commentary. And he, did, he did a damn good job for the, the amount of time that he was out there. So he comes out, does his full entrance, crowd uh, crowd serves and all that sort of stuff, goes to the table. And then Adam Cole's music hits. And holy hell, we're starting the show with CM Punk and Adam Cole back to back. That Man, 2021 is insane, people. Like We're going to look back on this year uh, and just all the crazy amounts of you-know-what that happened this year. And we're going to be like, holy crap, that happened all in one year? Man. Whole, and, and, and a lot of and a lot of this only happened in the, the second half of 2021 because we were shows weren't really on the road until I mean until July. I mean, full crowds came back for AEW in in May at Double or Nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy what's happened in the minimal amount of time, and to have. CM Punk and Adam Cole come out as the first the first two people that you see on AEW Dynamite. Holy hell! So Adam Cole has this match with uh, Kazarian, great first opponent. Uh, I love Frankie Kazarian. I think he's criminally underrated. I, I actually love the Elite Hunter gimmick. I think I've said that a couple times on this show. But Adam Cole goes over clean, no shock here. Wins with the Panama Sunrise, followed up by the last shot. Clean victory, very fun opening match. A lot of cool stuff happened there. The crowd was really into it. Adam Cole has his story time with Adam Cole. Um, challenges um, Jungle Boy and Christian uh, to a six-man tag. at, And apparently it became news to everybody that they're going to have a rampage at Arthur Ashe Stadium, biggest show in AEW history next week. And they're going to do a rampage. So Adam Cole challenges... Uh, Christian and uh, Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy uh, uh, against the Super Click, which consists of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And that was later answered and confirmed. And it'll be on Rampage. There was a little bit of confusion of how that came out. Uh, I'll address that. In a, uh, actually, let's, let's, let's just, while we're on the subject, uh, Jurassic Express and Christian respond in a promo. Jungle Boy had a couple good lines in there. And then Christian just totally 
dropped a couple bombs on Adam Cole saying, yeah, you already lost one Wednesday night more. Now let's just make it happen on Friday. Oh, man. That's the first time Christian's really been critical of WWE since he went there in March. So that was kind of a little bit refreshing to see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll I'll run down this what what's going on in New York next week because it is insane what AEW is going to pull off next week or at least attempt to pull off. Um, low key, I am really into this MJF Brian Pillman Jr. thing. Um, look, MJF needs to get a win back after losing to Chris Jericho and moving on from that feud. Um, and he has just been fire on the microphone the last two weeks. Just tip top heel stuff and it's just it's been next level like nuclear heat that this guy is getting he is as good as anybody currently going in the profession on the microphone and he's only 25 years old and he's only going to get better so yeah um mjf and pillman like they they end up having a confrontation they then aired a pre-recorded promo that uh brian pillman jr had with Jim Ross talking about the importance of his family and how he failed in Cincinnati to defend his family's name and that he was going to do it at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It was a really good promo from Brian Pillman Jr. And a lot of people love Brian Pillman Jr., but he hasn't had a chance to really showcase himself. So to have this on the the Grand, the Dynamite Grand Slam card, people would be looking at it like, what the hell is this? To me, I, I actually kind of love this kind of on the mid card. And I, I mean, I, I don't know where they're going to put it, um, but this is going to be a fun match at Arthur Ashe Stadium. MJF will win. I'm pretty confident in saying that, but this is going to be a nice little showcase uh, for Brian Pillman Jr. On, on his own to kind of stand up for himself and kind of really elevate himself to be a big time star in AEW. It's it's a big statement uh, of how much belief they have in Brian Pillman Jr. Also, how about this? How about a, uh, two cameos? I didn't even pick up on the second one, but let's start off with a, a big noteworthy one. Rosario Dawson was in the crowd and attacked Malachi Black. Like, I did not have that on my 2021 wrestling bingo card, but holy hell. Holy hell. And then Cody comes back. I, I, I've i said my issues with how the this feud was booked. Cody should have been a surprise return, even though it was... And they just announced the match that it was going to take place in, in New York City, which is great. But you would have liked to have had... Or maybe he should have come out and attacked uh, and made his return last week um, after uh, Malachi Black... Malachi Black beat Dustin Rhodes, but they didn't do that. But I did like the element of Rosario Dawson getting involved in this and just adding like a, a little bit of a celebrity element. It's something I didn't expect, and it was it was really well done. Good for AEW to kind of do that. And then we have Dan Lambert. I mean, he rubs people the wrong way, but listen, if you're annoyed by Dan Lambert, that means he's doing his job. Because he just runs his mouth endlessly. He's an obnoxious a-hole, and that's the that's the whole thing with him. Um so Dan Lambert's in the ring. By the way, Paige Van Zant was there, so that was kind of crazy. So you know, you, basically in back-to-back segments, you have major, well-known people from outside of the wrestling world showing up in an AEW ring. Like that's something straight out of WWE's playbook, and they executed it really well. I mean, Paige Van Zant kind of blended in and wasn't really a key factor in that segment. Uh, where Dan Lambert ran his mouth uh, talking about the men of the year. And like, I mean, I was wondering who was going to finally interrupt Dan Lambert and Judas hits and out comes Chris Jericho and Jake Hager that I did not have Chris Jericho coming out to interrupt Dan Lambert in that segment, but bringing out Jake Hager actually makes a lot of sense. He's an MMA fighter. 
So, and the whole segment, they go back out. There's a lot of S-bombs. There's a lot of cursing. Uh, Jericho gets the fans to sing. I mean, the fans acapella basically to mock Dan Lambert, who, who was saying, yeah, you're looking up the lyrics on your phone for Judas. And they sing the song by themselves. It was really well done. Um, but yeah, it ends up uh, with Jericho and, and Hager uh, basically um, ch- basically setting up a match with the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and uh, and Ethan Page. Uh, and that's on the card for uh, Rampage next week. And like I said, I will set up all of this um, later on. Um, after that, like CM Punk's doing commentary. Like I said, he did a great job. Out comes Taz to confront him with Hook. And Will Hobbs, powerhouse Hobbs, attacks um, CM Punk. Hook gets involved, puts him in like a, a dragon sleeper. Big statement, by the way, having Hook. I mean, Hook hasn't wrestled a match yet. You put him on the screen in, in, in the same segment as CM Punk. That's saying all you need to know. Uh, then Hobbs puts uh, CM Punk through a table. He takes a ta- his first table bump in seven years. Because um, ironically, he did take a table bump his last night in WWE. <laughs> when the, I, I remember it, uh, Kane chokeslammed uh, CM Punk through the table the last time we saw CM Punk in WWE. So there's that. So yeah, CM Punk taking a table bump. Cross that off your 2021 bingo card. Also cross off Sting taking a pile driver. A a assisted pile driver from FTR. Um, man, he's taken a, he's taken a stiff ass looking power bomb from Brian cage and he's taken a pile driver from F from FTR sting is in his sixties. And we thought he was never going to wrestle again. Six years ago with lucky landslots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And he's doing all this crazy stuff. 2021 is freaking insane. I've said it already on this show. And this... A pretty good match preceded that attack. Uh, Darby Allen beating Sean Spears in a fun little match. Uh, but then, like I said, FTR comes out and attacks to set up what's going to be another fantastic match on that show. FTR versus Darby Allen and Sting uh, in New York City. Also, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson is going to happen in 2021 next week in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Mary, mother of God. Brian Danielson's been in AEW for 10 days now as at the time of this recording. And his first AEW sanctioned match is going to be against the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega. My God. And this is on free television. Like I said, I'm going to run down this cart. It is nuts. And, the, and, the, and it's not even for the title. And I could care less. 
Mind you, all of this is happening while maybe AEW's single biggest star, Hangman Adam Page, has been out since July, or maybe early, early August. Hangman Adam Page hasn't been there, and all of this crazy crap is happening in AEW. But Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, my lord. And then a nice little way to end the show, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston beat 2.0. Um, the real story was after the match. Uh, they had referenced it throughout uh, the show. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, they called it the Suzuki incident where they, they, I guess, interrupted the signature part of Minoru Suzuki's entrance in uh, the hometown of John Moxley, Cincinnati last week. But hey, um, after Eddie Kingston and John Moxley... Uh, won the match. Uh, they brawled with uh, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer uh, in the crowd. I don't know when this match is going to happen, but I would love to see it. It would be great. Uh, Moxley and Eddie already have big history with Archer. Moxley clearly has the history with Minoru Suzuki. This is that's going to be awesome. And I love what they're. I, I love John Moxley was the was the AEW champion for two hundred plus days. He, I, I'd make the argument that he is more relevant now than when he was champion, because he is doing some really crazy stuff. Where he is, uh, I mean, he's facing big time stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling, capped up by a freaking legend in Minoru Suzuki. Like this is awesome to see from John Moxley. Um, okay, let's run down really quickly before I get into the rest of this show. Here is what's on the table. In New York City, Arthur Ashe Stadium next week. Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite, Grand Slam. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. As I said, holy bleep. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black, part two. That's a great match. The first match was great storytelling. It'll be interesting to see how they book this. My guess is Cody gets his win back, and that won't please a lot of people, but we'll see. I wouldn't beat Malachi Black this early, but still, that's an awesome match. FTR versus Darby Allen and Sting. That will be a freaking fantastic match. MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. And uh, then you got Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho for the Women's Championship. That is a hell. Of, that is, that is what's happening on Wednesday night. That is a hell of a freaking show. That's that's pay per view level. Here are the three matches that are happening on Rampage Friday night, at least scheduled right now. It's And they announced that Rampage is going to, in fact, be two hours. So get ready for four hours of wrestling next Friday night. You've got the super click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks taking on Jurassic Express and Christian. That might steal the show. That might steal the show, and that will be terrific. Then you've got the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. That will be awesome. And then you got CM Punk in his first television match in seven years taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. That's eight matches that, by my count. That, that could, you could put that on, on any, and that, that, would, that could be satisfactory for an all-out card. I mean, the all-out card was insane. This is on that same level, and that's, that's two nights of free television, four hours of television, and you don't have to pay a dime for it. God bless you, Tony Khan. God bless you, Tony Khan. Because this is, we, we do not deserve this as wrestling fans. But crap, this, holy hell, this is an unbelievable thing. 
AEW is not playing around. This is going to be a special couple nights in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Biggest crowd. They're expecting 18 to maybe 20,000 people, maybe even more. Unbelievable what AEW has been pulling off here. So, uh, yeah, exciting times in AEW right now. All right, let's get to NXT 2.0, the relaunch of NXT. It felt different. It looked different. Everything that you'd expect. I mean, I mean, look, it was fine. A lot of the show, I mean, there were, I mean, there was a couple of uh, main roster booking things that kind of bugged me. I mean, the reveal of Mandy Rose going from blonde to brunette, like you had a disqualification finish in a tag team match where Mandy Rose gets involved and then they set it up in a six man tag match. That's straight out of Teddy Long's playbook. Holla, holla, holla. But I mean, yeah, some of this felt like main roster booking. I mean, hell Look, I'm look. I, I'm really intrigued by Braun ba- Braun Breaker. For those who don't know, that is a uh, Rick Steiner's st- son, Scott Steiner's nephew. Um, man, that that's an interesting prospect. He looked really good, but putting him out at the beginning of the show against L.A. Knight, a guy who was going to be in the championship match, that was a little bit weird to me. Um, but he beats L.A. Knight clean. Uh, looks really impressive. The press slam into a power slam was a good little finish. Um. Yeah, like I mean, it, look, I mean, you had Carmelo Hayes turning heel, uh, which, which I look, I, I'm a big fan of Carmelo Hayes. Um, has his new sidekick, but they beat up a heel in Duke Hudson to get to really execute the turn. It was it was a little bit weird and off putting for me. Um, and then okay, um, then you got um, where where things got really weird for me. And it's like, look, I was, I'm really, I was really looking forward to the index wedding, and it was fantastic. I'll, I'll get into the bits of it that it, it look to me, it was one of the best. I'll explain this in a second. It, to me, it was one of the best pro wrestling weddings in my, that I can remember. But what was weird for me about this is they put it in the main event slot. That felt very main roster to me because in in the previous days of NXT, you would close with a match. And especially when you're crowning a new champion of your brand, because I mean, yeah, and I didn't even get to comment on this. Samoa Joe relinquished it due to injury. He said, I, I don't buy that. I, I cause he hasn't wrestled a match since he faced carrying cross unless something came and maybe something came out from that match that they flagged, but there was reports that he was in the initial raw script this week. So I have no idea what's going on there, but Back to my point, it's like, yeah, you, you have the wedding go on right after what was your main event match of the show in crowning a new champion. That was a little bit bizarre to me. But let, let's actually talk about the actual wedding itself. Um, it was fantastic. You were, Everybody was expecting for what was the twist or the shenanigans that were going to happen. There was nothing. Um, I mean, everybody was behaved. I mean, there was a couple of moments where people tried to intervene. There was uh, one of my favorite moments of the entire thing was when uh, the pre the uh, priest just asked, "Hey, uh, does anybody object to these people being wed?" Everybody stands up, and Dexter opens up his suit jacket with where there's an axe in it. <laughs> so great! I mean, man. And then Indy gives her heartfelt vows. Dexter gives a thumbs up, and then eventually puts this his finisher, the silence to get out to take out the priest. Um, and then Beth Phoenix gets in for the rest of the ceremony. Um, 
And then Dexter talks. And that was the big thing that came out of this. And everybody was shocked and blown away that he said, I do the first two words he's ever said on NXT television. And they were happily married. And that, and that was, that was awesome. And it was a great way to end the show, but it was very main roster to end on a wedding as opposed to a match. Not saying that there's anything internally inherently wrong with that. It just, if you're like the biggest thing that made NXT so unique, it was, it felt different from the main roster. And I feel like the path that what I saw on Tuesday night is we're going towards main roster light and it's a breeding ground. It's back to what it used to be a breeding ground for a lot of bigger uh, guys that are going to be groomed to be the next stars of the company. Cause the biggest disconnect I think in terms of NXT and the main roster has been Vince McMahon has no idea what to do with the guys that triple H has been grooming. Cause a lot of these guys that he was grooming, like an Adam Cole or even a Johnny Gargano or a Tommaso Ciampa, um, wouldn't work on the main roster. And some of them don't want to be on the main roster. So, yeah, I mean, that that's that's the thing that really was alarming to me. But, um, yeah, the index wedding was great. I thought that was a that, – I mean, it, it was, it was pin, peak pro wrestling. Uh, and I think it was one of the better uh, pro wrestling weddings that I can remember – because there was no, there was no real like chaos or anything. It was just a storyline that you were really invested in. If you've been following NXT for most of the year, seeing Indy Hartwell and uh, Dexter Loomis get married was a great moment, and it was really cool. And a lot of people were invested in it. All right, main event. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This, But this wasn't the last segment of the show. Fatal 4-Way match uh, was scheduled to be uh, Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunn, but in a little interesting production technique during a match, they put up a little uh, uh, picture in picture bubble and Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly gets beaten up by his locker and was deemed medically in, uh, unable to compete. And the guy who ran in, who I didn't know who he was, William Regal announces this guy, Von Wagner, who had never wrestled a match in NXT was going to take Kyle O'Reilly's place and have a chance to be the NXT champion. And I honestly thought there were a couple points in the match that this kid might have pulled it off and the internet would have exploded with the legacy that that championship has had since it went into its inception. Hell, one of the former NXT champions just became WWE champion in Big E. If Von Wagner would have won that match, it would have sent a horrible message about this new NXT brand. He didn't win, but I, I got to give the kid credit. He he looked really good. He looked like he belonged in that ring with three of the best in NXT. Um, I kind of thought LA Knight might have been the choice here, but I they went with Tommaso Ciampa. And I and to be honest with you, I, I'm really happy with the decision because on the same end as, as Big E, but this is a little bit different. Tommaso Ciampa... 
remember he had to give up the the NXT title right before a big takeover because he had a neck injury and he came back in seven months. So for him to get Goldie back and what he calls it was honestly like that, that was a fantastic surprise for me because I thought LA Knight or Pete Dunn was going to win this match. And LA Knight, I kind of get why they didn't go with him. And and seeing and also seeing him lose to Braun Breaker earlier in the show. LA Knight's 38 years old. Frankly, he should be on the main roster. I think he fits what the main roster wants. He's a great promo. He's got the look. Uh and and, and just as a character, I think he he's more of a fit for the main roster. Although maybe he might fit in NX in in NXT, this new version of it. But Tommaso Ciampa winning a really pleasant surprise at the end of the show after the wedding. They teased something with him and Braun Breaker. They clearly have great plans for the Steiner kid, man. Like they really have some plans. Um, and we'll see. And how where where this goes long term, I have no idea. But Ciampa being, I mean, I don't know how long this title reign is going to be. It may not be very long, but it's a good start here because I think for him, frankly, he deserves it. And I think he embodies NXT. So I think him being the first in this new era of NXT makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay. So that's NXT 2.0. Uh, let's, let's wrap it up here. And I wanted to say a couple things about SmackDown at Madison square garden. It was a great show felt like a pay-per-view, a lot of stuff delivered there, but I, I do need to say something that was brought up on the internet. Um, no women's match, and a women's match was cut from the show that involves Zelina Vega. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Zelina Vega's father passed away on September 11th, 20 years ago. Um, and thoughts and prayers to those families who lost loved ones in that tragedy 20 years ago. We had, it was great to see all uh, like what what was recognized. WWE did a great job with it. The sporting world did a great job with it. But WWE really missed the boat with not having Selena Vega on that show. And they could have cut something from the show uh, to put a women's match on. But there was the, there was only one women's segment on the show. It was Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. It, granted, it was great, but you needed to do better by the women um, to have them on the show. And to have a match cut due to time um, was a little bit of a misfire there. Um, I am all I've said, I said it early on with WWE. The one thing that they have not missed on is Roman Reigns and everything going on with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is fantastic right now. Um, the opening segment, uh, Brock Lesnar telling Paul Heyman that, Hey, why, why the hell didn't you tell, uh, why, why the hell didn't you tell, uh, Roman that I was going to be at SummerSlam? It caused a riff. Uh, and it, it, it it just Feynman's been killing it in these segments. Um, and so then Brock Lesnar is going to F5 Paul Heyman only for Brock Lesnar to come in, hit a Superman, uh, only for Roman Reigns to come in and hit a Superman punch. Um, the Usos go, go to Suplex City. Brock Lesnar stands tall. The whole mission was he's challenging Roman to a title match, presumably going to take place in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then at the end of the show, Roman, after uh, the Usos and the Street Profits, ends in a DQ, stupid finish, uh, which is peak WWE, to do that in the main event of the show, even though it was a great match. Um, Roman um, 
ends up running in and uh, he answers the challenge. Brock Lesnar says, yeah, after I'm done beating Finn Balor, which it was announced that Finn Balor and Roman Reigns were going to have a rematch at Extreme Rules. But then out comes the demon who we have not seen in a couple of years. So that was a nice moment there. What sucks is the demons probably is probably getting beat by Roman. Just to add another notch on Roman's belt. But um, yeah, I mean, this was uh this is a great, I mean, the universal title picture is really entertaining. And it also kind of made sense to just send I always thought Big E was gonna go over to Raw and and beat Bobby Lashley. Just Roman Reigns cannot lose right now. He just can't. And on top of it, Big E is I I don't know when the cash in would have happened because then you got Brock Lesnar and you've got Finn Balor right now as the demon. It's just like it didn't make any sense. So him going over to Raw and Raw needed stuff over there, as I said earlier on in the show. And then Edge and Seth Rollins happened in the middle of the show. It was a magnificent match. Again, on par with what they did at SummerSlam. Great bit of storytelling. Edge Edge getting super kicked to pretty much death. And then Seth hitting the stomp, which had been a big storytelling point for the last month or so in this feud. And they sell it like he basically ended Edge's career. We know that's not the case, but I mean, it's a good way to write Edge off of television. It was a it was a very powerful moment. It was a very emotional moment. A lot of people invested in this storyline. And then Seth just being kind of just indifferent, I guess, and just not knowing really how to feel about how he might have ended the career of a legend. Like it was, there was some really good storytelling here. That feud ruled. Um, it was a bright spot. Like one of those few bright spots that I was talking about in regards to um, outside of Roman Reigns. But yeah, overall, um, it's been a really interesting time here in pro wrestling. Um, I can't wait for next week. Rampage this week is going to be interesting. You have Fuego del Sol taking on Miro for the, uh, the TNT title. Um, that'll be interesting because Fuego del Sol is putting his brand new car up against up in, in up for the stakes as well. Anna Jay and, uh, and the bunny. That'll be a fun little women's match uh, on rampage. Um, and then, and then you've got the tag team titles with the Lucha brothers taking on the butcher and the blade. Like this will be a great show. And what I always love about AEW and, and WWE needs to figure this out. AEW always, promises their matches and they come through on them. I understand card subject to change, but WWE initially had announced going into this raw show that, Hey, Lashley and MVP versus RK bro. But then they changed it on uh, before smack. I, I guess they changed it at some point early after the initial announced match after, uh, MVP and Lashley won tag team turmoil last week, and it was just weird. It was weird. You just watching a promo in the uh, during uh, a little commercial during uh, SmackDown, and you see, oh yeah, we're having a WWE Championship match between Randy Orton and Lashley, and then obviously the dominoes continued to fall in terms of uh, Big E cashing in. One thing I do want to mention before I go, um, I've been going at this for a while. Thanks so much for listening to me, guys. It, just blabber on for 40 minutes. Um, but um, it sounds like Johnny Gargano, uh, his contract is due to be up in early next year. Um, this is interesting because he could leave. 
And it just feels like with the way NXT's going, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him walk out the door and go to AEW. It's just like I, I, WWE is going into a direction of what they used to be. Bigger guys, bigger personalities, more storylines, more character development. Whereas AEW has all that stuff, but they also have great wrestling. And they have the top independent stars and all these recognizable faces who can put on a great match. And I'm not saying that these guys in WWE, like Roman Reigns is a perfect example. They can put on a great match, but it's like guys like Adam Cole, guys like uh, guys like Johnny Gargano, guys like Tommaso Ciampa just aren't going to work on the main roster anymore. They aren't. And it sucks. It really does. So, um, yeah. Um, we'll be interesting to monitor that situation because now you got Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Johnny Gargano all due to be up potentially in the next several months or so. So we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Follow the show at OT Mike Wrestling. Follow me at Off the Mike 28. Appreciate y'all listening, and I'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.